0: Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. So, loaded, fully loaded episode today. <clears throat> I'm excited to be back. I was a little under the weather. I didn't have COVID, but I was a little under the weather last week. Uh, so, I only gave you guys one episode. So, my apologies on that. But, you know, New Year's, the holidays like I said I hope I hope everybody's enjoying their holiday season we're in a new year this is the official first episode of the new year 2022 so I'm excited uh we got a we got a full pack like I said we got a fully packed loaded schedule today for today's episode um obviously we're going into the last week of the NFL season so I will give you guys my top 10 last week going into the NFL season uh we got a couple big games to talk about and break down some uh some obviously some big situations uh obviously Antonio Brown situation and um you know hopefully he gets help that he needs and so forth um Big Ben potentially played his last game at Heinz Field I'm going to talk I'm going to talk on that and uh the career of Ben Roethlisberger so we got a lot to get into. Also, I'm going to tell you why I think this might be Aaron Rodgers' best chance to get to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so I got a lot. We got a lot to dive in and dig into. I want to get to. So first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kit of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. Shouts out to everybody that's been listening. Shouts out. If you've been listening to me for a year, Um, I know we have, you know, this past year, 2021, we did a great job with you know so many new listeners i greatly appreciate it i greatly appreciate uh uh, this is now two and a half years i've been doing my podcast now uh since 2019 since the summer of 2019 so uh the summer of 2022 july of 2022 will make it three years so i'm just so glad with uh with the growth that i have seen uh and witnessed over the last two and a half years so i hope to keep it up but Let's start with Ben Roethlisberger playing and winning his last game at Heinz Field at home as a Steeler. Uh potentially, there's you know obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation and there's great assumption that Ben Roethlisberger will probably retire this year uh, or after this year. And I think, in my opinion, I think he should. Um, and speaking of <clears throat> the longevity. Um, or my Tinder during this podcast, since I have started this podcast, it, it, it I've been very critical of a handful of guys throughout, since me starting this podcast, really. There's a handful of guys that, if you're a regular listener of this pod, you know that I've been very critical of. And Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys. He's one of those guys that I've been, I've just been, not and it's not in a bad way, like critical, but in a way where I just feel like there's been time wasted. And 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 speaking, I want to do a, a deep, a little, a little synopsis of, of Ben Roethlisberger' career, or, or or I should say, a recap, a brief recap, right uh, on Big Ben. And, and let's just get this out the way. Yes, Big Ben is a Hall of Famer. Big Ben is going to find himself in Canton, Ohio. He is going to get the plaque. He has certainly had an Hall of Fame career, uh, and, and as I've mentioned, since I've started this podcast, uh, I've been I, I've been somewhat critical of Ben, and it's because of I have seen um, his talent and his gifts diminish, and I I peaked it, and I've been talking about Ben and him declining and his skills diminishing and him. You know, him basically hitting the wall around thirty six. I, I that, and now he's thirty nine. But I, I've been peaked. I, like I've talked about this, and I've told people this about Ben Roethlisberger. I've told you guys this countless times on this podcast already about Ben Roethlisberger. And I thought he was shot at thirty six. Now, think about younger Big Ben. Big, big in stature a uh, mobile strong arm quarterback all the talents and gifts and tools like for instance Josh Allen today right we're we're starting to see a lot of quarterbacks nowadays that are that have similar skill sets and are built similar to Josh Allen Josh Allen about 65 you know 250 plus or whatever can run mobile and got a strong arm for a cannon well that that was literally big ben almost 15, 20 years ago. That that was big Ben Roethlisberger 15, 20 years ago. That's why we often, you hear, you often hear the comparisons between Josh Allen and Ben Roethlisberger because, like, Ben Roethlisberger was Josh Allen. Big kid, strong arm, mobile, hard to bring down, really physical, had all of the God-given gifts. All of the gifts and all of the tools. And then you you mash that and you mix that with the team and organization that he was drafted by, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the you know obviously the a rich tradition, a rich uh, organization filled with winning, filled with Hall of Famers. I mean, th- it, there it doesn't get any more stable in like the stability that the Steelers have had. Especially at the coaching position. The coach they've had they've literally had three coaches. They've literally have had three coaches in the last 60, 70 years. And and Ben Roethlisberger gets drafted into this well oiled machine with a great defense, a litany of receivers, great coaching. He had the bus behind him. And I, I you know, with 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 Ben right now, uh two Super Bowl championships, you know, I, I do think, like I said, I do think he's a Hall of Famer, but I feel like with the gifts, with the combination of the gifts and talent that Ben Roethlisberger had and the team that he played for and the weapons that he, that he has had and the great defenses that he has had and the great coaching that he has always had, it just feels like he left a little bit of meat on the bone. It's it just, it, it, he it, like, his career, and I don't, and, and like I said, I don't want to ever, this is not me diminishing or or trying to, or trying to or harsh or bring down Big Ben's career because he's had a great one, as I've already mentioned. He's had a Hall of Fame career. But I'm just thinking of the and, and, and totality of things with Ben's gifts and talent, and you combine that with the organization that he's played for, and the coaches that he's had, and the weapons that he's had, and the defenses that he had that he has had. It just seems like there is a little bit of something that's still left to be desired, and some of that. With some of the issues that I've been bringing up since I started this podcast, Big Ben, he never refined his skills. He always relied on his talent and his gifts. And, at his and you know, at his advanced age, where he sits at 39 right now, but I've been telling you guys this since he was about 36, he's been shot. And his gifts and his talents have slowly diminished away, and now here we are. Here we are, and like I said, never refined his skills. And I've been talking about this over the past couple off seasons. But Big Ben never fully committed one hundred percent in the offseason. And I'm looking at some of his, some of you know his other counterparts: Aaron Rodgers, thirty eight; Tom Brady, forty four. And they look like Aaron Rodgers' second straight year. He's been the best. He's been the best player in football. Looked like he's going to win MVP. And then Tom Brady, at the age of 44, still playing at elite level. And he has years. I think he still has years left. And he might be MVP runner-up. And here we go. Ben Roethlisberger, who was given all of the talent, all of the gifts, all of the physical traits, along with the stability of a great franchise, with talented players have come in and out of the door. And at 39, it just seems like Ben just, Ben just have, he's just left it all out there on the field. Like Monday night versus the Browns, the Stillers won. They won in ugly fashion. And quite frankly, over the past couple years, it's been ugly. And I only say this because I feel like I'm, I'm comfortable enough to say, um, that I grew up watching Big Ben in his prime. I grew up watching Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, and I can remember just me personally. My favorite Ben Roethlis, my favorite Ben Roethlisberger moment is probably in the 2008, 2009 Super Bowl versus the Cardinals, where not only the game, but that last drive, that last drive, that was that was like that was Big Ben. That was Big Ben. Great last drive. Obviously, we all know about the, you know, the throw to the back of the end zone to Santonio Holmes for the game-winning catch. Great throw. But that right there, it's moments like that um, where that's probably my favorite Big Ben moment. Uh, He got a couple moments. He got a couple tough moments versus the Ravens where, you know, he's battered up, he's bruised up, and he he figured out ways to win the game and so forth. But I just feel like you know, like I said, he has two Super Bowls. <clears throat> He's burned the city of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh love him. Uh, the organization loves him. He has two Super Bowls, and you know, it's been a great career. Like I said, I don't want to diminish it, but I just know, I just remember Big Ben being better. It's a little bit like Peyton Manning. I was a little sad, even though Peyton Manning. When Peyton Manning went out on top and won the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos, even though he went out on top, he was not great. <laughs> Boy, he was not great. And it was so sad for me to watch because I grew up watching Peyton Manning. I grew up loving Peyton Manning. And yeah, that wasn't Peyton Manning. <laughs> that, that wasn't the same Peyton Manning that I grew up watching loving. And the same thing goes for Drew Brees. Drew Brees last couple of years, you know, arm was shot. He was his arm was shot. He was still accurate, but very a lot of just dink and dunk. And I grew up watching Drew Brees. That wasn't the Drew Brees last year. Last two years, that wasn't that wasn't the Drew Brees that I grew up watching and loving. And I think the same could be said for Big Ben, where last couple of years it's just been ugly. Uh, and a lot of it uh, with, with with Breeze and Peyton Manning physically, their bodies just would beat up. Especially Manning, you know, the, obviously the neck injury. Then he dealt with some injury. He dealt with some serious injuries his last season. So and even Breeze, Breeze was uh, you know battered up with his shoulder, and you know he so he he dealt with injuries his last couple years as well. But with Ben, Ben has just been his talent has diminished. And physically, it's just not the same. But then uh, the the lack of commitment in the offseason and, you know, it just never – and he never refined his skills. He never refined his talent. Brady has found ways to refine his talent. Hell, Brady might have refined his skills two times already. I feel like with Big Ben – I see a guy that peaked in in his early 30s, but then by the time his mid-30s ended, by the time near the end of his mid-30s, he was shot. And that's just not the Big Ben I remember. But as I stated, he's had a great career. He's certainly a Hall of Famer. Uh, Like I said, I think the city of Pittsburgh love him. But, but, with so much talent and him being so physically gifted, and the combination of a great franchise, Mike Tomlin, Bill Coward, so many great weapons on offense. Uh, I mean, so many he came he came into the league. Heinz Ward, Plaxico Barris, you know, Antoine Randuel. Then as time went on, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Santonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, you know, so, I mean, Heath Miller, so many guys I can just name offensively. The Still- we, and we all know the Stillers. They do a hell of a job with drafting wide receivers. I mean, I don't know what it is. They do a hell of a job with drafting wide receivers. And obviously, throughout Big Ben's career, he's had great Hall of Fame caliber defensive players, you know, James Harrison and Troy Palomalo and so many great defenses that he, that he's had. And it just feels like he left a little bit of meat on the bone and it just feels like there's a little bit left to be desired when you look at the totality of big Ben's career. But as I stated, it was really good seeing him get his last win at Heinz field, potentially, um, as a Steeler, right, and, you know, uh, that was, that was like I said, it wasn't pretty, but the last couple of years for Big Ben hasn't been pretty, so it wasn't pretty, but they got it done, uh, and, you know, shouts out to Big Ben. He's had a great career. And I want to move on to the team that the Steelers beat on Monday Night Football, the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. So, the 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 Browns and Baker Mayfield uh, another disappointing loss. Uh, they're now seven and nine uh, on the season, and their playoff hopes are done. Uh, they playoff they were eliminated from the playoff. Um, any type of playoff contention already uh, going into Monday night's game. But Baker uh, went sixteen for thirty eight, hundred and eighty five yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and you know coming into the year i think most football experts a lot of uh a lot of just media outlets including myself and uh, and other fellow podcast podcasters and podcasts that i listen to every which way you turned around a lot of people <clears throat> were predicting the browns to uh, win their division or at least be a playoff team because we looked at their roster and most people thought hey when healthy this is a top five roster this is a top six roster at least at minimum this is a top 10 roster their offensive line is arguably the best unit in football they have a excuse me they have a two-headed monster at running back, but when they don't have Kareem, when they don't have Kareem Hunt, they have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is arguably, mm, probably the second best back in football after Derrick Henry. I know Jonathan Taylor is having a great year as well. Uh, also, you look at some of the weapons that they have on the outside. Granted, OBJ is gone, but they still have Jarvis Landry. Donald People Jones was pretty good. Uh, Austin Hooper, who they paid for a couple seasons, a couple off seasons ago. David Njoku, who's a freakish athlete at tight end, so still have pretty decent weapons on the perimeter. And then you look at their defense. They they tried to go out and solidify a little bit. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett's one of the premier pass rushers in football, and Denzel Ward had an elite year this year. So this roster on both sides of the ball at just about every unit is pretty really, it's really good. But I think we have a case here where the quarterback is holding them back. And, you know, the Browns fans, we can continue to make excuse, excuses, excuses. We can, you know, for all the Baker apologists, we can, atti- we can, atti- we can continue to make excuses after excuse. But boy, since Baker Mayfield has entered the league, he has the most interceptions in football since he's entered the league. And he started off on Monday Night Football, he started off the game one for ten. One for ten, and there were some throws, including the interception, the first interception that he threw, it was just a bad read. And it's just bad, poor decision-making. Now, before I continue to go on this rant <clears throat> that you guys, if you're a regular listener, you guys have heard me make this rant more than a few times. Baker is hurt, right? Baker's hurt. So I give him a little bit of leeway. He's hurt, and at this level, playing the position that he's playing, uh, it's going to be difficult trying to play, the, the trying to be a quarterback at the highest level playing at a good level, like it's going to be hard. So I give him that he's hurt and he's tough. We've never mentioned we've like, nobody has ever questioned Baker Mayfield's tenacity or toughness or his grittiness, how gritty he is. Nobody has ever questioned that about Baker Mayfield it has been a question about his playmate. His, it's been a question about his talent, his athleticism, his decision making, lack thereof. That's all I've been questioning. I've never questioned Baker's toughness. He's a tough guy, he's a tough cookie. That's what he is. Uh, I think often Baker has come off very cocky. I think Baker throughout his, throughout the you know throughout his short career already I think he is he thinks he's better than what he is um, and his talent <clears throat> has always been at question. I never thought he was as good as people made him out to be. He was a two-time walk-on had a couple great seasons at Oklahoma under Lincoln Rally. Oh wow, who doesn't, right? And the Browns, over the past couple of years, have well, have done, a you know, for the most part, have done a really good job with constructing their roster. And the Browns talk about how they want to have standards. They want to build a culture. Well, <clears throat> let's start with your quarterback, who is, like I said, small, marginally, marginally athletic uh his the one skill the one trait that was his best in college is no longer a strength and that was his accuracy coming out of Oklahoma going into the NFL everybody pointed to the fact that okay Baker's not the tallest guy he doesn't have the strongest arm he's not the most athletic he's not the quickest he's not the fastest but he is accurate he's not even accurate anymore he is 27th in completion percentage. So, you know, when when discussing Baker Mayfield's contract situation and his future with the Browns, it looks really cloudy. And if I was the Browns, I would look to move on because he's holding us back. He is. He's holding us back. He is. And like I said, I give I've give Baker some props. He's injured, he's he, he's he's wounded, he's all beat up, and he still went out there and laid it all out on the line. I give him that. Like I said, I've never questioned his toughness. You know what I have questioned? His talent, his decision-making, his athleticism. I've questioned all of those things. Baker's tough. What he isn't, He's not as talented as he thinks he is. He doesn't have the biggest arm. That's fine. But then he's his playmaking and his decision making has taken a dip. Like I said, he's leading the league in turnovers since he's entered the league. He's led the league in turnovers since he's entered the league. And now, like I said, the one strength that he did have that we could like point out was his accuracy. He's no longer accurate anymore. So I don't know what you do if you're the Browns, if you're the Browns and if you're okay with being okay, then you go ahead and sign your okay quarterback to a long-term deal. But if you're the Browns and you really want to take advantage of this roster that you have constructed You want to take advantage of Kevin Stefanski and his philosophy with him running the football and you guys having the personnel to be able to do so, and all you need is a quarterback that's not going to make poor judgment calls, that's not going to be cocky. If you want to go to that next level, get to that next level, I suggest you probably move over Baker Mayfield. And and I know a lot of people say, oh, you're just a hater. I'm not. I'm not. I gave. I I gave Baker his props. Second half of the season, he's been battling. He's been battling through COVID and you know the injuries. I give him his props. I give. I I take my hat off to him. But in terms of playing the position, at not even that's not even necessarily at a high level, but playing the position at a, a decent level, a good level, Baker Mayfield time and time and time again. Has just fell under that like a limbo. He's fell under that like a limbo. And <clears throat> it's all right here. The numbers say it, the tape say it. And I could have sworn, you know, everybody was saying, Old BJ can't play. I remember that. Old BJ can't play. I remember that. And I, I refused. I refused just to think that and to say that because I-, I thought OBJ could still play granted I never thought the Ob- Odell Beckham to Cleveland thing would work because I didn't think he necessarily matched and fit Cleveland personality wise but it didn't and I was right but with Baker <clears throat> you know I could have sworn everybody was an OBJ can't play anymore maybe he's not Maybe Odell Odell Beckham is not the 1,500-yard receiver that he once was, but I still think he is a pretty good receiver. I think he's a good number two. He goes to L.A. He's catching touchdown passes every week. (laughs) OBJ can still play. It's Baker. So, the Bear, the Browns, they got a decision to make. As I said, I don't question Baker's toughness. He's tough. I question his talent, his decision-making, his judgment, and all the other stuff. I'll be back out of the break. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 lists. After that, I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, the number one seeded Packers in the NFC for the second straight year. What's up, y'all? You know, do you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? Want to rep your favorite team on any given day? Then what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go to the 47brand.com right now. Holiday sales. I'm sure they're going to have a Black Friday sale. Go check it out right now. Free shipping for orders $75 plus. So, you guys, go over there to the 47brand. They have your favorite teams from the MLB to the NHL to the NFL, NBA, or NCAA. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Get something. Rep your favorite team any given day. Go check out that sale. Before it runs out, go check it out. The 47 brand. All righty. So my top 10 list, uh, my top 10 teams going into the last week of the NFL season, I cannot believe uh, we are, you know, we're here, we're here, we're, you know, we got some, we got a couple playoff, kind of like playoff games this upcoming week where, you know, the Chargers, Raiders, you win, you're in, um, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple like somewhat semi-playoff games, so I'm I'm really curious to see, uh, you know, to see those games and how they play out. But um let's get into the top 10 list, you know. This is this is highly anticipated. Let's get into it. At number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um after their current loss, after their most recent loss this past week to the Arizona Cardinals where 25-22, I just feel like Dallas offensively they really can't they it's just something, I don't know, the I feel like it's a combination of the play calling Offensive line didn't really hold up as well. They have four holding calls. Uh, Dak hasn't been playing well. He sometimes missing misses throws here and there. So I, I I don't know what to make of this Cowboys team. Um, I tell you this. Dak he wins a lot of his games when they have when he has a hundred-yard rusher. So I think the Cowboys getting back to trying to establish the run game. Um, and being able to take some deep shots, I felt like this past week, Arizona, with a fairly young, secondary, inexperienced, unexperienced secondary, I just thought Dallas should have taken more opportunities down the field. and They didn't. Um, so I got the Cowboys at 10. I'm very concerned about their offense, uh, their offensive struggles of late. Very concerned. At number nine, I have the Patriots slightly. Even granted, the Cowboys did beat the Patriots. Um, the Patriots, I think there's a particular formula and a fashion and a way they have to win where it's ball control, you know, not a lot of penalties. They they can't – they're not going to, like, they're not going to win track meets. They're not going to win shootouts. They're not going to be able to get in a shootout with the Bills um, or hell, Cincinnati, Kansas City. they're not going to be able to win those type of games. It has to be ball control, first down, being able to con- control time possession, limit the turnovers defensively. they you know they can match they can match defensively with you, but they don't have the offensive unit to go toe with toe. With some of the more explosive offenses in football, so with that, I feel like there's a, there's some limitations there in the way that they can beat you because if you got talent on the outside and that talent can overcome that that great defense that they have, I think you can get them. But I got the Patriots at nine. They played. They had a dominant performance over Jacksonville. Uh, I look for them to you know be really dangerous in the postseason uh, with their style of play. Patriots at nine. At eight, I have the Cardinals. You know, I you know, Arizona, I took them on the top ten list uh last week. I'm putting them back on. They had a monster win versus Dallas to snap their three-game losing streak. They're eight and one on the road this year. So they're 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 you know, they're really good on the road. Um at home, that's where a lot of their losses come come at. But uh, they're they're just not healthy at this moment. I can't really put them any higher at this point because they're they're not healthy going into the postseason. But Kyler Murray had a magical performance in his home state versus the Cowboys um, to help the Cardinals get back in my top ten and to get back in the swing of things in the winning column. Cardinals at eight. At number seven, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. People, ladies and gentlemen, they are for real. The Cincinnati Bengals are for real. Joe Burrow can play. Um, they, got, they got something brewing with this young offensive core. I mean, Joe Mixon had a thousand yards rushing. Uh, T. Higgins, who they drafted a couple years ago, he was a thousand yard receiver uh this year. Uh obviously Tyler Boyd has been pretty good consistently over the last couple years. And then Jamar Chase is just every bit as advertised. He's every good as advertised. I mean, good God. He he is so good. Jamar Chase at this time next year. Will be a top five receiver in football. Book it. Um, he's just that good. Uh, they they they're such a big play offense. Um, they they had twenty one big plays uh, according to PFF. Twenty one big plays. Joe Burrow also led the league with thirteen deep touchdown passes. Also, <laughs> Jamar Chase caught eight of those. So they're they're a big play offense. They can go back and forth with you. They did it versus Kansas City. They got something brewing in Cincinnati with this young core offensively. Bengals at seven. At number six, I had the Buffalo Bills. I like the Bills' defense a little bit more. Uh, I think the Bills can be just as explosive. Uh, they got a they got a like a knockout punch to them as well. But uh, the Bills they 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 relied on their running game uh, this Sunday. They relied on their running game. It came through for them. They beat Atlanta twenty nine to four twenty nine to fifteen. 29 and 15, I think. Um, and it remind me a lot of the it remind me a lot of Josh Allen's like first two years in his career where uh you know heavy running game, don't turn on the ball, play good defense. That's what the Bills did. As, uh, Bills at six. At number five, the Rams. The Rams, you know, I think they're as good as any team in this league. But, boy, Matthew Stafford has to take care of the ball. Luckily, thankfully, uh, they've been able to overcome it these last two weeks because they're just better than the other two teams that they've played. Um, but in a postseason versus a Green Bay or a Dallas or Arizona or even a, anybody, I mean, really, they I don't think they're going to be able to afford to overcome these turnovers and these mistakes in the first half that he's prone to make that we have seen over the past, since this year, really. But over the second half of the season, he's just making bonehead interceptions and turnovers. Um, But then in the second half, he makes some clutch throws, and he shows you that he has the ability and the talent to come up big in these big spots. But, you know, early on, it takes him a while to get back in the swing of things. Maybe the Rams should go back, dial it down, stop trying to throw the ball every other play, Run the football, control the top, control the clock, but Rams at five. At number four, I have Tennessee Titans. I keep playing with this team. I keep playing like they're not good. They're a good football team. I need to get that through my head. <laughs> the Titans are a really good football team. Um, you know the fact that they right now, as we sit, as we're as I'm talking, they sit at the number one seed. How I don't know how. I mean, no Derrick Henry. Uh, A.J. Brown's been banged up. Julio Jones has been banged up. You know, Ryan Tannehill, he's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. they And they have so many good wins. Like, they went on the road and beat the Rams. They beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. Like, Tennessee has a lot of good wins. But sometimes they got some head-scratching losses, and I'm just very confused. But this is a good football team. And if they get a healthy Derrick Henry back, which it looks like they will, they're going to be very dangerous in the postseason. Look out for the Titans. Titans at four. At number three, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, a pretty pretty slow start versus the Jets. Um, It, it was one of those games. It could have been a, a potential trap game, but they were able to overcome it. They were also able to overcome Antonio Brown's actions and so forth. That was crazy. i never seen anything like that before, but the Buccaneers, uh I don't know how deep they can go in the postseason. I don't know how long or how much more Brady can carry this team without some pieces on offense and they're missing some guys on defense, but I got the Buccaneers at three. At number two, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, uh, spite despite the loss, I still think they're rolling offensively they look pretty decent defensively they play a lot of man coverage Cincinnati was able to you know Cincinnati was able to take advantage of that uh of the man coverage and and a lot of the press coverage that they play with just beating them down the field and a lot of that just had to do with Jamar Chase like Jamar Chase is just he's just uh he's a man so you know Kansas City they couldn't overcome that but I still feel confident about them going into the postseason Kansas City at number two. And at number one, I have the Green Bay Packers at number one. They clinch number one seed. As of right now, I think they look like the best team in football. That's it. That is my top ten going into the last week of the NFL season, the first ever Week 18. Uh, Next up, I'm going to tell you why the Packers, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, This might be their best chance to get to the Super Bowl, back to the Super Bowl. All right. So, lastly, I want to tell you guys why I think this is Aaron Rodgers. This is a great opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at the NFC. The NFC, granted, it's really deep. It's it's top heavy. In the NFC, we look at it, it's a good conference with a lot of good teams. The Rams are obviously good. The Buccaneers, Super Bowl defending champs, they went into Lambeau and they beat the Packers last year. The Cowboys, really good when they're clicking and when they're healthy offensively. They got an emerging young defense. Arizona, magical at the quarterback position. They got, they're got they really good at skill position. Even Philadelphia has had a feel-good story. And, you know, we still got two teams in the hunt fighting for that last spot where, you know, it's between uh, the 49ers and the Saints. Despite all of that, despite all of that, as we sit here today, I feel like the Packers are the best team in football. Or, I should say, the best team in NFC. I feel more comfortable saying they're the best team in NFC. And I feel like this is Aaron Rodgers' chance. This is his best chance, and I, I, I felt like I said this last year. I don't know if I said this last year, but I felt like I did. But regardless, I I did say I, I you know whether or not I did say it or not. Right with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers being the best chance, I I, I think I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. But this year, okay, let's let's and let's just evaluate the NFC. We first, like I said, the Rams, I think when they're clicking, they like the best team in football. Like and you guys know I got you know you know how I feel about Sean McVay and his play calling and the and the innovation that he does offensively. And then but with Stafford, Matthew Stafford obviously hasn't played a lot of playoff games. So the inexperience there kind of scares me. Uh and his play throughout the second half of the season, granted, he's gonna throw for, he's gonna throw for you know, he's going to have a, a bunch of yards. He's going to have 40-plus touchdowns. I still the, – the the first half and the early turnovers, when, when, if you do that in Lambeau or if you do that versus Tampa Bay, any of these teams that I named like Dallas or Arizona, I just don't think it's going to fare well for the, uh, for the Rams. Granted, they have so much talent both sides of the ball. Where you look at Von Miller and and Aaron Donald in the front in the front four, and then you know you got Jalen Ramsey in the back end. Is, you know I think who I think he's the best DB in football. And then offensively, we know what they have. Cooper Cup is having a historic season. OBJ can play Vance Jeff Vance Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and they possibly might get Cam Akers back. So the Rams, you look at the Rams, yeah, they do have a makeup of a Super Bowl caliber team. But I'm just—I'm not sure, Matthew Stafford. I'm just not sure, Matthew Stafford. I—I'm I, sorry, and I know I have rave about him sometimes. With you know some of the throws he makes, and they—the throws he makes are remarkable. But I—I'm I, just—I'm just not sure. Then I get to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, obviously defending champs. I, you know, Tom. Tom. I feel like he unravels un He—he—he he unravels quicker in Tampa than he did in New England. When he was in, when he was in New England, he he it was rare to see Tom Brady unravel. He unravels quicker in Tampa. And I'm looking at and, and and part of that is because of the defense. You look at you look on the other side, defensively, Tampa this year, they haven't been the same. Uh and it starts in their secondary. The secondary has been literally banged up, bruised, bruised from week 1. <laughs> from week 1. They've been banged up and just been giving up a lot of yardage. A lot of yardage. So I think Green Bay, you know, the way how Devontae Adams is clicking, Aaron Rodgers is clicking, I think Green Bay can overcome that. I think Green Bay this year can get over that hump and get that monkey off their back with Tampa Bay. Um, And then not only with that, Tampa Bay, they have so many more. They just got so many guys missing who were just unsure about. So many guys missing who were unsure about. And if the playoffs started today, they would have to play the sixth seed, who right now, that would be the 49ers. Uh, I mean, I, I would probably choose Tampa, but I, I just don't know how far. I don't know if they can make. I don't know. I don't see them winning three road games in route to getting back to the Super Bowl with the way they look health-wise. I don't see it. Brady playing at elite level uh obviously we are we already know about the other stuff the, the outside stuff I, I it's a lot of it's, it just don't feel like tampa bay's year last year health was on tampa bay's side tampa bay was clicking offensively the end their season it health it was just a lot of things going their way the dominoes fail in their in their fortune but this year it doesn't feel like tampa bay's year with all of the injuries, with all of the outside drama and outside noise, you guys know how I feel about the outside noise. I don't like it. Don't love it. I don't think that's necessarily like championship pedigree. But that's that. I just don't see it. it don't feel like Tampecia. Uh Dallas, like I said. Sometimes I, I you know, Dak, there's questions about Dak and is is Dak holding back this team and you know. Does he beat up on bad teams? Because the proof is in the pudding. Dak in the last Dak in the last two years or three years, he's eight and seventeen versus teams with a five hundred or better record. That's five hundred or better. He beats up. He tears up the NFC East, but he struggled against winning teams. And I think there's there's certainly a trend there. Um, I think Dallas. Granted, they're explosive offensively and they have weapons on offense. I still feel like there is a certain formula where if they follow, they're very hard to beat. And I, I think it starts with the football and it starts up front. I don't, we just haven't been seeing Zeke, like we we haven't seen him come back and bounce back since that knee injury. And then I don't, I. I. I me personally, I don't feel like they play Tony Pollard enough. I don't think they play him enough snaps. I if that I feel like Pollard is a little bit more explosive, gives you a little bit more in the passing game. Uh yeah, Zeke can run, he can uh, pass block, but Pollard gives you more. I think Pollard's value increases and is a little bit higher due to what the due to what he can do in the passing game more than Zeke in his pass blocking. That's just me. That's just me. I just, I, and so with that being said, Dallas offensively, they scare me because the struggles, they, they look, they, it's so weird because they look anemic on offense sometimes. It, it's just so weird because they got so many players, so many so many guys, talent all over the place on offense, and they just look blah. Like the first three quarters of that Arizona game this past Sunday, ugh, it was just, I was wondering, I was questioning, I'm like, what, I, what am I watching? The play calling is—I uh, don't know. Keller Moore sometimes. Mike McCarthy is. If it's not Keller Moore, it's Mike McCarthy. If it's not Mike McCarthy, it's Keller Moore. If it's not those two, it's you know, it's Dak. You know, overthrowing certain guys. I don't know. Dallas just have a lot of uh, with them. Arizona, like I said, I feel like I don't trust. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he got fired by his alma mater, and I think at best he's an average coach in Arizona, they feel like a one and done type of playoff team to me. Could they win a playoff game? Sure, but I don't know if this team is going to make it to the NFC championship game. I think they're missing some really valuable pieces. Um and like I said with Arizona, I feel like if you can rough up the if you can rough up the game and physical up the game, uh you know, limit the the number of possessions that Kyle Murray gets to see the ball, I think that's where Arizona, that's when you can take advantage of them. But attract me up and down, Arizona's gonna beat you. They're gonna beat you a lot of times. They are. So, and, and you know, obviously the, the Eagles, the 49ers, I, you know, those teams, I feel like they've had great stories. I feel like they had, they, they, they need to win and they need to play a certain type of way in order for the game to go their way. But with Green Bay, I, you know, the NFC, it's very difficult. And these teams that I listed or named and talked about. Are really all talented and good, but I I feel like their flaws and their weaknesses stick out a little bit more than Green Bay's right now. They do, they do, they stick out a little bit more than Green Bay's. You know, Matthew Stafford and the turnover problem, the Cowboys and their offensive struggles sometimes look anemic. Tampa Bay and their health not having all of their dudes on either side of the ball, Arizona and their coaching and, you know, lack thereof. This feels like Green Bay's year. NFC, I'm not saying it's wide open, but I feel like in, in, in the mere fact that now you're going to have to, go, you know, assuming that Green Bay wins, right, you're going to have to Go up to Lambeau Field and play in those conditions and beat Green Bay. That's a tough ax. Tampa Bay did do it last year. But like I said, this doesn't feel like Tampa Bay's year. Doesn't feel like it's their year. Doesn't feel like it's their year. It feels more like it's Green Bay's year. And I think the Packers, I think they're the first team in league history to uh, have three Back to back to back seasons with thirteen plus victories, they've done that over the last couple of years. They've looked, they've had dominant regular seasons, but I feel like this year it may be time for them to cash in and win the NFC and get back to the Super Bowl. How fitting would that be if you're Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> potentially your last year as a Packer, and you have a chance to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I would like that, I would like that But without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go Hope you guys enjoyed this episode Uh, Hopefully I will be back on Saturday uh, With another episode for you guys But if not, I bid you guys adieu Like I said, always remember two choices, one decision Hope you guys enjoyed Come back, first time listener, uh, regular listener I appreciate it all, thank you, I'll be back